0: it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. There's no Nate Geary, but this is still Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third one today is flurries. And I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory, to be honest. Flurries seems... About right. JR in the comment section says food, football, and feats of snow. Speaking of feats of snow, Mr. Nate Geary is currently attempting to make his way back to Buffalo because he was in Las Vegas for a golf outing and was unable to fly in to be able to do the show. So here we go. And here's the deal for those of you who do not know, I have been recovering from some awful illness and my voice is still a little bit weak now if you'll notice i am doing the bruce voice which i was not able to do on the bruce exclusive earlier this week in a significant fashion but it does take a lot out of me to do it so i do not anticipate this show will go a full hour not only because i have nobody to talk to but also because i don't think my voice is going to hold up that long but you know what does hold up picasso's pizza Because this show and every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is brought to you proudly presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at Picasso'sPizza.net. Now, if any of you have your Genesee Brewing Company products ready to go, now's the time. I will say we are not going to go through the food for thought drinking game this time, because half the this stuff isn't going to apply because Nate's not here. And it's not really fair to have a drinking game when I have to carry the whole thing. You know, I don't have a cat who can jump up on my lap in the middle of the show and have everybody do a shot. And I can't just repeat myself over and over again. I don't know if any of you have ever watched the episode of how I met your mother, where Robin realizes that there is a drinking game that college kids play when they listen to her broadcasts, because she has a tendency to say the phrase, but, um, a lot as a transitional phrase. She'll be like, and we go over here, but, um, what do you think about this last interview that I did? Because, but, um, I really feel like, and every time that happens, they have to take a shot. Well, eventually she realizes this and she just says, Budum, but um, but um, but um, but um a million times during a broadcast, so that everyone will have to come in absolutely hungover the next day from drinking way too much. And I'm not gonna do that on the Food for Thought drinking game. But since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer, brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red, Kulshan, Oktoberfest, Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. We are going to talk about backup plan foods today. Backup plan foods. And I think it's pretty obvious why we're talking about backup plan foods because the bills were first were forced to have a backup plan when it comes to the game against the Cleveland Browns, which could have been played in six feet of snow. But instead, it'll be played in Detroit. Now, depending on how you feel about the Ford Field, you might think it's preferable to play in six feet of snow. But that's neither here nor there. The Bills and the Browns will play at Ford Field for the first time since 2014, when the Buffalo Bills were forced to relocate a game to Ford Field or very similar circumstances. As a reminder, any YouTube Super Chats greater than $10, get a Genesee pint glass. Just make sure you're following at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary Sports. Proof of the Super Chat and the Genesee follow with your address. Backup plan foods. What is your backup plan food? JR says, ordering a pizza is always a backup plan. You might be trying a new recipe. One of the things that my wife doesn't really love about trying new recipes is she's always kind of afraid that's not going to go well because my wife is a creature of habit she goes to the same places and gets the same things every time and if she wants somebody to be adventurous she'll just have a bite of mine well you'll have you'll try something new it's okay I'll just have a bite of yours because she gets the same things every time because she's really worried about the downside she's focused on the downside so if she tries a new recipe there's always this thing in the back of her mind like oh what if this doesn't go well And for us in the Nolan household, the backup plan is a frozen pizza. Always the backup plan. Anytime something goes bad, it's, do we have a frozen pizza? Anytime we're thinking about something that could potentially go bad, it's, do we have a frozen pizza? Last night, literally, I tried two different things for dinner. I tried a can of soup. That had somehow gone bad and I didn't like it. And I tried a breakfast hot pocket that had again gone bad and it was not great. And so, after two tries to get me something to eat, I turned to my wife and I said, Do we have frozen pizza? And she said, No. And so, you know what I had? Nothing. I had nothing. Later in the evening, I had a bowl of cereal that was like halfway full because we were almost out of frosted shredded wheat. I love frosted shredded wheat, by the way. Incredibly well-balanced cereal. Huge fan. But I ended up having some pita chips and some hummus later on in the evening. But that was essentially my dinner because we didn't have a backup plan. We didn't have the frozen pizza. So what happened with the Buffalo Bills this week was them going to the freezer, pulling it out and going, you know what? We did this before. Last time, this didn't go well. We pulled out the frozen pizza, and it worked. I actually kind of thought that the frozen pizza was a fairly apt metaphor, given the fact that the reason the Buffalo Bills are moving the game to begin with is due to snow. So I thought that was kind of a fitting metaphor. But for me, backup plan is frozen pizza. Mr. Diggs says, very old school here, PB&J. That was an offer, actually. Mrs. Nolan offered to make me a PB&J or a grilled cheese last night, but I didn't want to make her do anything because she wasn't feeling well. So I didn't want to make her, you know, get up and make a pb and J. I I could have done it myself, too, but I'd rather just have pita chips. I didn't want her to have to get up and make a grilled cheese or make a pb and I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Just stay on the couch. You're not feeling well. You're still recovering, doing the things she needs to do. Feel really selfish if I did that, so I didn't. But PB&J, classic. Grilled cheese, classic. When I used to live on my own, and I wasn't married, I would have, like, buttered noodles. Just plain old buttered noodles. That would be good for me. That was a backup plan as well. JR says, by the way, shout out to Mrs. Nolan for doing a show last week on the pod. I, I know, right? Oh, goodness. Here comes the coughing. So, Mrs. Nolan, for those of you who didn't listen to the Bruce Exclusive last week, Mrs. Nolan actually read off a script that I had written for her. I wrote it paragraph by paragraph. So what I did was I would type out a paragraph. We would record it. I would pause it. I would delete it. I would type out another paragraph. She would read it and so on and so forth. So she was literally reading off a script that I was writing for her as we went. And it was brilliant. Marky Mark says, Mrs. Nolan is a goat. Darn straight, she's a goat. The greatest of all time. She's the gal of all time. That's what she is. So moving along, we talked about backup plan foods. We're going to talk about Bill's Vikings. And let me just tell you, I have never had a more difficult time describing a game as a food than Bill's Vikings. What do you even say to this stuff? When was the last time that you had a game where a team ended up essentially winning the game. I know the Bills came back and tied it. But essentially winning the game on a fumbled snap on a quarterback sneak. It's unbelievably uncommon. It's, it's almost like somebody fumbling a kneel, Like it's incredibly uncommon. What kind of food do you come up with that? How do you do it? And let me just tell you, I struggled, but I think I got something. And I wish Nate was here with me because he'd be really proud. Because the food that I came up with is Bai Natu. Bayay Natu is an Ethiopian food. And it's a specific Ethiopian food that is vegetarian, first off. So let's talk about that. But the important thing is that it's, the name literally means a bit of every type. That's what it is. Lots of different stuff. It's essentially a platter that has a, it's surrounded by different curries and vegetables that you can have on there. Usually it's like a lentil stew, a lentil salad, a legume stew, flaxseed kind of stuff. And you eat it by taking little pieces of bread and grabbing the thing you want, and putting it in your mouth. And the reason I picked this is twofold. Number one, each bite is very, very different from the last. Like very different from the last. You can have one bite that has a very, very specific flavor flavor profile. And then three seconds later, you can have a completely different flavor profile. Because if we remember correctly, everything was going great until about 10 minutes left to go in the fourth. And then it all went to heck in a handbasket. was not very fun. But then we got a little bit of hope. Hey, we stopped them. And then five seconds later, they fumble the ball. And then three minutes later, you're like, okay, we've tied it. We go to overtime. And then it didn't go the way we wanted it to. So back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And every bite's a little different. The other thing that was really important, and this is where it gets super meta. The metaphor gets super meta. It's it's a metaphor with emphasis on the meta. Do you notice that I said that this particular dish Bayanatu is vegetarian. It's vegetarian. There's no meat. What are the Buffalo Bills fans complaining about this week? Turnovers, yeah, but how about lack of a run game? Where was the run game in the second half? Almost no run game. Where's the meat? I thought that was really impressive. I was really proud of this metaphor. So on one hand, everything's different. Left, right, up, down, everything's different. Every bite you have is different than the bite before. On the other hand, there's no meat. to Ethiopian dish. That is Bill's Vikings. Mr. Diggs says, where's the beef? Darn straight. Where's the beef? Ralph says, bad soup, bad breakfast, Sando, hummus. No wonder you're sick. I actually only had one bite of bad soup. I had one bite of bad breakfast, Samo, and I was also sick two weeks ago. So definitely it's not that. I just had to put my, mute the mic again because I didn't want to cough in your ear. Moving along. The Bills' outside wide receiver depth makes me feel like... Now, this is really a shame that Nate's not here for this because this entire point, the food simile, it was built around a tweet that Nate made earlier this week where he said the Buffalo Bills have four active wide receivers. If Gabriel Davis goes down, it's Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Isaiah McKenzie. That's it. kumaro has gone. Do I think there's a chance you see Naheem Hines out there split out wide? I do. Do you see him in the slot? I do. I do think that's a possibility. I think it's the reason they haven't made an emergency move at wide receiver. Because the Bills currently have seven active linebackers and only four active wide receivers, which is crazy. Might see a lot more 12 personnel, but I do think you'll see some Naheem Hines. But the Bills' outside wide receiver depth makes me feel like, from a food simile standpoint, it makes me feel like it's really late. And my, uh, my options are starting to dwindle when it comes to food. And I'm out. And it might be 3 a.m. Now, this is all very hypothetical. It's very important because I'm not out at 3 a.m. It's very important you know that I'm never out at 3 a.m. But if I was, hypothetically, maybe my only options White Castle. You chance it? If White Castle is your only option, do you chance it? Do you sit down and go, yeah, I yeah, am, maybe. I give it a shot, it's 3 a.m., nothing else is open. Sure, why not? But you know it's going to bite you. You might enjoy You might get away with it. You have some White Castle, you go to sleep with a full belly, and you think to yourself, I got away with it. I pulled it off. You fell asleep. It's 4.45. You feel like you're going to sleep in. You're a little tired, but you're like, you know what? I nailed it. But you didn't. You will be awoken. You will be awoken from your sleep in an unpleasant fashion. Because you can't get away with it for long. You might get away with it for an hour. You could get away with it for two hours. But the bill comes due. Always, the bill comes due. And that's the way I feel about the bill's wide receiver depth right now. Is that the bill is coming due. I made a tweet before the year started. That really didn't go over super well. Where I said that I don't think the bill's wide receiver room is better than it was in 2021. Strictly from an in to out talent standpoint. You lost Be- Beasley. You lost Sanders. You brought in Crowder. You brought in Shakir. Those are your in and outs right there. And everyone kept telling me it doesn't matter because Gabe Davis is going to take the next step. Well, So far, Gabe Davis hasn't really taken the next step. There are concerns about Gabe Davis. And Crowder's hurt. And Shakir isn't quite getting the run. And the McKenzie that we were all kind of hoping we might see when training camp hit and he was the the talk of camp, Isaiah McKenzie was the talk of camp. Everyone in the fantasy football leagues was rushing out to get Isaiah McKenzie, thinking he was going to get Cole Beasley-like numbers this year. Well, that hasn't happened either. It's been Stephon Diggs and everybody else. And it's playing with fire. People who wanted to draft a wide receiver this particular offseason or multiple wide receivers. A lot of them got pushed back on. This particular. Off season, I hope we remember this conversation we're having right now. Marky Mark says. The wide receiver depth makes me feel like I was served a great steak. But with just a salad as a side. Diggs is obviously the steak. But there's nothing else. And I'm still kind of hungry. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. We have a stake. There's no question. But man cannot live on stake alone. Don't get me wrong. I would try. And so would the Buffalo Bills. If they could funnel every target through Stephon Diggs, they probably would. But that's not how passing offenses work. Stephon Diggs got 16 targets against the Minnesota Vikings. 16 targets. That's absurd. And when you want to funnel targets through your best receiver, you do but you don't want to do it out of force. You want to do it because the matchup is good. You want to do it because the play call allows you to do so. Mr. Diggs says on the Pat McAfee show, Von Miller did mention he spent over a month in Europe with OBJ. Did anyone in Buffalo media know how close Vaughn is to OBJ? Yes. Yes. Vaughn is very close with Odell Beckham. That's why he always keeps speaking with such definitive answers that the bills are going to get Odell Beckham because he's close to Odell Beckham, I think he's trying to manifest that. But absolutely. He keeps talking about, come on, buddy. Come on, bro. Let's win another ring together. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. But at this point, it almost feels like a need. And that's something you wouldn't have necessarily said about the Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the season. Is that they need to sign Odell Beckham. Now it kind of sounds like they do. So that's how the Bills' offensive wide receiver depth makes me feel. We're going to get into winners and losers from this week in the NFL. The winner this week in the NFL is Kadarius Toney. Sometimes everything just comes up you. He gets traded to Kansas City, gets to play with Pat Mahomes. He gets a bye week to study the offense. And now here he is and two people ahead of him get hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster, hurt, missed practice, concussion. Miko Harbin gets placed on IR. Miko Harbin was the guy taking the jet sweep touches that Kadarius Toney ended up taking last week. Two carries for 33 yards. Sometimes everything just comes up you. And it could not have gone better for Kadarius Toney over the last month. If you wanted to prove that you're an elite wide receiver, you could not have asked for a better last month of the season than Kadarius Toney. Traded to the Chiefs. Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes. Built-in opportunity with Juju and Miko Harbin Hurt. Kadarius Toney, winner of the week. Winner of the month. I think there's a very reasonable chance at the end of this year, people look back at the Kadarius Tony trade and go, Gosh, really? Really? You let the Chiefs get Kadarius Tony? Really? But I don't know if it necessarily would have gone this way with any other team. But it just keeps coming up, Kadarius Tony. Biggest loser this week, Jerry Judy. Another injury for Jerry Judy huge hopes for Jerry Judy in that Broncos offense this offseason. Well, he's finally got a really good quarterback, Russell Wilson, who has not played like a really good quarterback this year. He's finally going to be in a good offense. It hasn't been a good offense. Jerry Judy is going to get that opportunity. He's hurt again. And he's got plenty of opportunity. K.J. Hamler's hurt. Tim Patrick's on IR. There was opportunity all over the place. By the time Jerry Judy is back to being someone who you think you can get hyped for again, Tim Patrick will be back. And a lot of people in Broncos media thought that he was going to be a fairly significant part of the Broncos offense. Ralph Wilson says, did Dable do that trade to screw McDermott? I would highly doubt it as far as the Kadarius Tony trade. I think Joe Shane took the best offer he could get and the Chiefs had excess draft capital, and that's what he did. I don't think there's any bad blood between Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. I don't think that's uh, that's the case. Brian Dable was here for a long time. Sean McDermott and Brian Dable speak highly of each other. I would very, very highly doubt that was the case. As you can probably tell, my voice is beginning to fail. But we got through a little bit. I know it's not an hour, but we got through a little bit. We got through backup plan foods. We got through Bill's Vikings as a food. We got through Bill's outside wide receiver depth. We got through winners. We got through losers. I can't talk for 25 minutes in a row without starting to lose my voice. So, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had fun. I know it's not the same without Nate. It's never the same without Nate. Nate provides a level of energy to the show that I can't do on my own. It's the reason he's here. We're the yin and the yang. We balance each other. It's like perfect flavors in harmony. You know what I mean? But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can forgive me for cutting it a little bit short. But most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry.